Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Podcast, coming to you from San Andres Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now here is Pastor Eddie with this week's message. After Jesus was in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came to Jerusalem. Verse 2, and we read right there. And asked, where is the one who has been born? King of the Jews, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This morning we are going to look at the star. And we are going to see the lessons that we can draw from the stars. As the stars spoke to irreligious people and bring them in into the plans and the perspectives of God. If you are taking note, write this down for our lesson this morning. He is not stingy. He is not stingy. I want you to touch somebody on your right and then somebody on your left and tell him, God no stingy. The Lord is not stingy. Let's pray. Every head bow and every eye close as we pray and we go before the Lord this morning. Lord, thank you for not being stingy. You selected out a people for your own self known as the Jews. And through them, Father, and because of the stubbornness of not listening to the Lord Jesus Christ, we were grafted in according to Romans chapter 10, 11. We know, God, we are sharing of the wealth of what Jesus came to do. Thank you for not being stingy. In Jesus' name I pray and the church of God says, Amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been around people that are stingy? <laughs> people that are mean, just want todo para mí y nada para ti. Ah, <laughs> for me and none for you. You know, I have been around people that are stingy. In fact, I live among two little men. Ah, <laughs> for themselves. Just recently, while we were traveling and when we were coming back and we were uh, waiting for our car to take us back to where we were going, um, the little one was playing with me and we were playing and we were running around and the older one saw us from a distance. And he ran, came to where we were, and he started to say with his bad Spanish like mine, Mio Papa, Mio Papa. So I asked him, but why Mio Papa? If your little brother is playing with me, you should also enjoy it and find fun playing with your father. He said, pushing out his younger brother out the way aside, he said, Mio Papa. You know, and everybody looking at him with the Spanish like mine. And, but me or Papa, what? It's just the fact that by nature, we are stingy. You know, when we come to this passage, this is exactly what is happening here with the religious experts at the time. They believe that God belonged only for them. They believe that people that were not religious enough never qualified enough, never had a reputation like they did, and the knowledge that they possessed, they never had the opportunity to have a relationship and a connection with God. But when Jesus came on earth and the promised Messiah came on earth, the promised Messiah shattered that perspective that the religious people, they possessed at the time. God was showing through the birth of Jesus that he is not stingy. That he belongs to everybody. People that are religious and people that are not religious. People that are not smart 
as well as people that are smart. People that are not popular, as well as people that are popular. Our people are God's people. This is what Matthew wants us to understand, that even when they had this privilege of being religious and they were bluffing and beating their chest and saying that we are the one, the ultima Coca-Cola in the desierto, Jesus came in and showing them that, hey, I came to be king, not only of you, the Jewish people and the Israelites, but to our people. As a matter of fact, this is the narrative of Matthew throughout the entire book of Matthew. Matthew 28 chapter. And in that 28 chapter, he's trying to help us to understand this truth that I want us to walk away from this morning. The promised Messiah, Jesus the Lord, is king of all people and not of some people. The promised Messiah, Jesus the Christ, is Lord of all people and not only for some people. But hear this one. He brings grace to our people and not only for some people. He brings grace for the perfect, so to speak, as well as the imperfect people. God loves everybody equally. The only thing and the only difference is that some of us embrace his love and some of us walk away from his love. But he loves our people. So this it doesn't matter the background that we come from. It doesn't matter the walk of life that we come from. It doesn't matter the lifestyle and the practices that we have right now. As long as we can acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, we will have the privilege to experience His grace and His mercy. That's the good news of the gospel. So this morning, I want us to look at how Jesus disrupted these religious people's belief system. And he did it in three ways. As we look at the three times these stars appear to these wise men. We already read the background of these wise men. As whole, from, from, eternity, from Numbers chapter 22, God was speaking to people outside of the Jewish context to establish his lordship all over the world. And in this, we will learn three things. Number one is that God is available to all people. Number two, God is reliable for all people. And number three, God is accessible to all people. Let's go to the first one. God is available for all people. I want us to look, some, notice something here because it's very important in our text. The Lord uses the means existing to people to make himself available to people. Notice something that is happening in this narrative. We start out with God spoke to a star. In the first part, God spoke to a star. And what happened to these people? These people did not or were not reading the scripture at that particular moment. But God used the means that he had or they had to establish the end that only everybody needs on earth. What I mean by this? God used what you have to lead us to who he is. Why I say that? Because in verse 2, look at what happened in verse 2. God showed up through nature and spoke to these people. When he should never have done this because these people were irreligious and outsiders. He should have never speak to them. And what happened? God spoke to them and reminding them this truth that he can speak to our people regardless of their background and lifestyle. Listen to me here. God speaks to us through the means we have, but he used scripture to confirm what he has spoken. 
So nobody can come and tell me here that God is telling me this and it's not aligning with the scripture. Because you can speak, but what is it? Your opinion or God speaking? Let me prove it. Because it's amazing to me that this violent man by the name of Herod, this man that was there, this man was, the Lord was speaking to him and he was not paying attention to it. Let's look at verse 2 again and let me show you. He said, God used nature to speak through a star to these men, but look at what happened. He confirmed it through the scriptures. Look at verse 2 with me again. He said, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? These are the wise men speaking. For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. And look at what happened in verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. And, I, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled, verse 4, all the chief priests. Look at that. You see there? Verse 4. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah will be born. In Bethlehem of Judea. They told him, because this is what is written. See there? By the prophet Saying what are you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, the Israelites. These religious believers, they could not accept the fact that God was speaking to people that was different than them and that people that never had their faith and practices that they had. But God was using nature. Remember what Psalms 19 said? That the heavens is declaring the glory of the Lord. That means that everybody can see the glory of God. He uses scripture to confirm it. So the first thing that we have here is that the Lord used nature to speak, but he uses the scripture to confirm what he has spoken. And what caught my attention is this. God was using these men to speak to King Herod. And King Herod, instead of trusting the word of God through this man, he said, you what? You guys are not religious enough. Let me call the religious leaders. Oh, no, miss the part here, but look at this. Sometimes the vessel that God used to bless our life are the same vessel that we reject and we miss out on God's blessings. The Lord was speaking through these irreligious people, these pagan people, and they missed out on God's blessing because God had to only speak through the priest and the religious people. Listen to me. God can speak through a camel. God can speak through a horse. God can speak through a truck. God can speak to you through any means as he chooses because that is a testament to his sovereignty and that his word is by his means and not by the means that he uses. Listen to me here in family. We at times focus on the person, but we don't focus on the real person. God was speaking through a vessel, but because they were not qualified. Because they did not have the credential. Because they did not have the experience. So they dis God disrupted these religious people's notion and mindset and was speaking to Herod to remind him that the king has been born, but they were focusing on the vessel and not the means by which that vessel came through, which is Jesus Christ. Listen to me here. Don't miss out on God's blessing 
just because you are focusing on the vessel. But look beyond the vessel as imperfect as Paul said in 2 Corinthians that we are vessels crack. But in spite of the crackness and our imperfection and the time we... Let me hear. Who here is perfect? Who here have never made a mistake? Who here have never entered into the parents' kitchen and never steal a bone or a jani cake or a short cake or something? Who here? None of us. Listen, so what this text is teaching us, that our focus is not should be on men, but our focus should be on the Lord. Because the Lord can use cracked vessel to make his perfect will established in our lives. So start focus on the person and start focus on the real person. So this leads me to a point that I want to bring to our church this morning. We can't be thinking only about ourselves. And what we want the church to be for us. We must look beyond ourselves and start to ask, what way I can make Jesus' love available to our people? And listen to me here. To the gay. To the businessmen. To the imperfect people in our communities. To the addicts. And even people that don't look like us and speak like us. We need to ask the question, how can we make Jesus' love available to our people? See, if we continue to focus on, I want the church to look like me, then we will miss out on the great diversity of God's people and work. God's church should not be about you. God's church should be about Him. So we make God's church about us, then we will always in problems, we will always cussing out each other. We will always say the pastor is not focusing on me or the other thing or the other thing. The pastor is focusing on this or the other. But we need to make God's church about God's imperfect people. So when God's imperfect people become no mature and sanctified by his grace, we all can celebrate and say, glory to God. I was a sinner, but today I am saved by grace. That will only happen when we start from focusing on ourselves and start to ask, like John F. K. asked the American people, stop, ask what America can do for you. Ask what you can do for America. Stop, ask what the church can do for me or the church is doing for me and start to ask what I can do for the church. God's love and the Lord is available to our people but listen to this. He's also reliable to our people. It caught my attention because I want us to notice in this narrative, even though the Lord was using these wise men, Herod did not trust them. He trusted the opinion of these religious experts instead. But I want us to look at verse 7 as to what happened in verse 7 and verse 8 as how these people learn about God's reliable leadership. The religious people believe that God could not lead People outside of the Jewish and the Israelite context. But look at what is happening here. In verse 7 we read, When Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star would appear, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. God spoke to him first. And the man said, I can't believe that. God had to confirm his word. 
so that they can actually believe. And then he began to know, rely upon the word of God. Listen to me here. It caused my attention that pagan people or unchurched people trust God's words more than us. I hear LeBron James, um, thank God. I was like, what? I don't know which God, no. But he's, we know him, we're known as a crazy person. Not a safe person, but he's trusting God's leadership. He even said that if it was not for the hand of God upon his life and his family life, he would not be a billionaire and in the position that he is in today. So if the worldly people can trust God's word and depend on God's leadership, why is it that the church and the church people can't trust God's word? Why is it that we prefer the opinion of magician and the other person, but not the word of the Lord? Look at verse 9 with me because it's very important. After hearing the king, the wise men went on their way and there it was. The star they had seen and it's rising. And listen to this word now here in verse 9. It led them. You see that? They were depending on God's leadership. That word led is a, a, a past uh, tense, but it's also projecting to the future. So what it means? It means that God was bringing them and God was leading them all the way. It means that they were not depending on their wisdom and their intellect, but they were depending on God's spirit to lead them. We are never too smart to outsmart God. We are never too educated to be more educated than God. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, Psalms 24. That means that everything belongs to God. So God was guiding these people so that he, they also could experience the promise that God made to a specific people. What this is teaching us, this is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture that when we depend on God's leadership, God will take us where we need to go. Where do you want to leave your family? Where do you want to lead a relationship? Where do you want to lead a community? Depend on God's leadership. These wise men depended on God's leadership. Is God's leadership pretty? No. Because in verse 1, what happened in verse 1? They wanted to go to Herod the king, thinking that the child that would be king would be where? In the palace. Sometimes God's leadership will take us far different than where we want to go. Hmm. That one hot. That one good. <laughs> Why? Because where we want to be is not always where God wants us to be. What we want to do is not always what God calls us to do. Some of us are doing things outside of God's plan and we are in the wrong place. And when time the world starts to fall on us, we start to say, where is God? It's not God, why are you outside of God's plan for your life? It's about redirecting yourself. These men were expecting that the king would be born in the palace, but the king was born in a stable. So God led them. They went to the wrong place. And God said, okay, let me take you out at the wrong place. And God pushed them out. And the star started to guide them and carry them. And they came to a place, verse 9. And let's look at verse 10 to the verse 11 because it shows something very important. The Lord is available. The Lord is reliable. But listen to this. 
the Lord is accessible. We have access to Him. I want you to notice something. Because in verse 10, we read this in verse 10 to the verse 11. But let's read it. We say, when they saw, look at that word right there. Underline that word, saw in your Bible. Saw doesn't mean that what you see. It means that they perceive. It means like a revelation that they receive. He said, the star, they were what? Why? Why is it that they were not overjoyed when they were in the presence of King Herod? Think about that for a minute. Why is it that they were not celebrating and jumping and dancing and doing all these things when they were in the presence of Herod? Why? Because Herod is not the king. But they were overjoyed and they were overwhelmed because they now came in the presence of the king. Hey, when we are in the presence of Jesus and Jesus is moving in our life, the only thing that can come out of our life is joy unspeakable. It's overwhelming joy. That's why I can't understand why we Christians are always miserable and bitter. We should be the most joyous people because we have the king. We should be people that celebrate. And even when bad things are happening, even when things are not aligning the way we want it to align, even when things are not pretty the way we want it to be pretty, we can still celebrate because we are in the presence of the king. We can jump and we can dance and we can hit back and we can lay back and we can rest in the presence of the king because we have King Jesus. They could not do that because the king was not there. But when they met the king, they could rejoice and celebrate because they were in the presence of the king. What a beautiful picture of the gospel. That when the gospel really hit our life and when we are truly transformed by the grace of God, we don't mellow into our problems and our circumstances and our situation. It doesn't matter the prognosis from the doctor. It doesn't matter what people may say. We rest in the fact that we are in the presence of the king. Live or dead person, I will still praise the Lord for I live and I will die in the presence of God. So I don't care if it's bad right now. I know that in the presence of the king, one day it shall be fixed. One day it shall be fixed. They were in the presence of the king. Why they enter and they worship and they bow down. It's three times right there in our text. So Matthew is trying to point, point us that, that when we are in the presence of Jesus, we can't just sit down. And, mm, mm, mm. I feel bad right now. I can't. I can't do nothing. Me, me told the hot me right here. Told Finger the hot me my heart hurt me, and I don't want to be in here. And, and, and hey, Matthew is trying to show us, look at these pagan people. If they can worship Jesus, you as a Christian must be able to worship Jesus. So we can, we can find our kind of excuse. We can find our kind of judgment. But listen to me, family. Make we worship Jesus. Because listen, Jesus said, when the prayers go up, the psalmist said, when the prayers go up, he will draw amen Unto himself. His brothers were worshiping Jesus and they gave everything that they have. And I want you to understand that you can't come before Jesus and worship Jesus and not give Jesus everything that he deserves. 
My question is, why is it that these guys did not give myrrh, frankincense, and gold to the king? They were in the presence of Herod, right? Why they didn't do that? But they did it for Jesus. Yeah, you know me right, right? Listen to this. Our old people have said, mind you put your egg in the wrong basket. We need to know. That's, that's, that's the point here I want to make. We need to have discernment. We can't invest in any and anything or any and anyone. We need to invest in the one that God is showing us to invest in. Because if you make a mistake and make a bad investment, swipe out. Bank account gone, or gone, bank of drive money, zero. Zero. Make sure you make the right investment. The beauty of this passage is that all people have access and have opportunity to worship the king. Are you perfect? Worship the king. Are you imperfect? Worship the king. Your life together? Worship the king. If your life is not together, worship the king. Because God does not call us to worship when everything is going good for us. God calls us to worship him in spite of when everything is not going good for us. Worship the king because he deserves to be worshipped. Listen to me. Don't hold back everything you have as you worship the king. Hi, this, um, how we call it, um, drop over, how do you drop over cake name? Upside, okay, okay, okay. Upside, it don't cake. Why this upside, it don't cake look good right now? <laughs> I, I don't know, I can share with this one, but uh, this one off of me. Stingy. Let it go. Because, listen to me, when we give the king everything we have, the king has already given us everything he possesses. So every eye closed and every head back. What is it that you are holding back from the king this morning? What is the king calling you to let go this morning? What are some systems and, and things that the Lord needs to disrupt in your life so that you can let go? Jesus let go everything. He let go his possession. He let go his position. And he came to a miserable earth to give us everything of God. People that will reject him. People that will say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? People that will mock him and say, is he the king? Prophesy to beat him. But Jesus did not hold back anything. Jesus let go everything. Church family, let us not be stingy with the Lord. If the Lord is saying, let go that, you may know what it is. Let it go. If the Lord is challenging you to push away certain things, don't be stingy with the Lord. Just let it go. If you are here and you need prayer, just raise your hand. No one looking, every head bow, every eye close. And if you are here and you know that God is challenging you to let go, let go.
Father, I pray for the hands raised this morning. I pray, God, that you would guide us as you did these pagan men. These men were not from the religious background of the Jewish people. However, you used them to show us this important lesson that you are not stingy. You belong to our people. You are king of our people. So I pray in the name of Jesus for the hands them that are in the air right now raised towards heaven. Father, and I pray that we would worship you, God, unrestrictedly because we have access to the king. We have a king that is reliable, that will guide us out of the circumference of people that have mal intention, like Herod. Who said that he wanted to worship the king, but deep within, he didn't want to worship the king. He wanted to kill the king. So, Father, thank you for leading us away from people that when we are connected with them, if we could, would have been connected with them, Father, our life would have been in destruction. But thank you, Lord God, that you disconnected us from Herod's. And today, Father, I will not be ashamed. Look at these wise men, educated astrologers, people that were the top of the top. They know it all. They went through all the books, but yet they were willing to put their knowledge under the guidance of a sovereign Lord. Thank you, Lord, for using them. Because you are showing us that you use everybody according to your grace according to your gift. God, you are good. Incredibly good. So Father, I pray that you give my brothers and sisters strength. As they struggle to stand firm. As they struggle, Lord God, to keep on following you. I pray that you will not let them give up. But I pray that you give them the courage to move forward. Just like these wise men. You led them all the way to the king. Thank you. And the church of God says, let's give God a big hand of praise in his house. Thank you for listening today. Our hope is that this message has allowed you to hear from the God who loves and redeems you through his son, Jesus. To hear more from The Alternative, subscribe through your preferred podcast app. We would love to connect with you. You can follow and contact us on Instagram or Facebook at the alternative underscore SAI or watch past messages at youtube.com slash the alternative underscore SAI. Have an awesome week.